Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You have Swiss and Jake here with some recent deals and acquisitions to talk through. So first, Gold Skies, $20 million seed round. They are aiming to make blockchain data easier to use. So the the problem is a lot of the data that relates to blockchain activity and usage and different identifiers and parameters is all stored on the chains themselves. So think about all the different Cosmos chains that exist versus what's available on Ethereum. Like doing analytics on Ethereum, you can create a lot of really unique dashboards and data insights and things. Whereas on Cosmos, this tooling hasn't really been developed. So I don't know if they're going to be Cosmos specific at all. Gold Sky, they don't really name any blockchains in this press release from what I could see. They're looking to build APIs and different tools that, that plug into these chains to to create a, a downloaded database of the data themselves and aggregate it so that you can you can ping it and query it in a little bit of a better way. So what I think is interesting here, and then I'll kick it off over to you, Jake, for your thoughts, is Gold Sky's uh, lead investor was Dragonfly Capital. They were a lead investor on Dune Analytics' first ever seed round back in September 2020. Um, Dune Analytics is a really well-funded company that's developed tools for building Ethereum-based dashboards. So any project that's like an ERC-20 that you can build all these really interesting dashboards and metrics. So they are certainly... I would expect Dune Analytics is well-equipped to sell customized dashboards to the protocols and other startups themselves. So I see this as a really smart area in the market for these startups to target um, because any startup that's building a new tool will want to use this. So Jake, what did you, any takeaways from, from you on, on this? Yeah, I got to be honest, I kind of took this type of uh, business for granted. I, you know, because you had mentioned Dune and Ethereum, but just from the sense that I kind of assumed every chain um, had a, at least a few ready-made options. But um, I, I guess sometimes I just forget like these, this kind of like painfully, obviously necessary tool to read the data from the chain and present it in an easy to understand format. Just basic API tech uh, is, is not fully fleshed out across every chain. It makes sense why Dune and Ethereum uh, would be more fully realized. It's probably, you know, just considering how much more popular Ethereum is, but and not just how more built out it is with all their apps. But so, I mean, definitely necessary. This is an interesting company. But uh, one thing, one line from the story that really stuck out was, as blockchain tools improve, it will spur a rapid increase in applications as the effort to move from idea to product dramatically shrinks. And that kind of made me think of what uh, what we do. We, we kick around so many ideas, and uh, sometimes we come up with like, oh, that'd be cool. You know, I have to get a developer at some point. And uh, not to say that this, uh, you know, API tech would remove the need for a developer, but just the concept of continuing to flesh out infrastructure so that people that don't have deep coding experience can take their ideas and be like, well, hey, look, there's this tool. We can just, we can actually get an access and organize and present data from the chain quickly, easily uh, for, you know, 
a little bit of money each month. I'm sure they're charging. Uh, just the, the idea of making idea to concept to product uh, smoother, more realistic, more achievable. Uh, that That is the kind of infrastructure that um, it just seems like is most useful yeah. at this point. Yeah, so they're indexing. I should I should clarify what I said earlier. Now, uh, I, I said there's like a downloading of the database. So I mean, they're indexing it. So they are, when you see these deals that talk about indexing blockchain data, what that means is they're trying to become a Google of sorts of blockchain data. So like these APIs, you'd be able to ping to find very specific um, parameters, very specific details from the blockchain if you wanted to do that now, you'd have to set up your own interface with that chain itself versus use a simple API where you change a couple of variables in the in the API pool and get an easier to deal with output out of an API. It's just easier for people to interact with API than, than native blockchains in most mm-hmm. cases. So like this is important. Um, this is important and, and many people, there's a lot of potential customers that would want this institutional banks, uh, traders, all sorts of people. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like you'd still have to make your own API, but at the very least it's organized in a way, like you said, it makes it easier. We talked about um, an NFT indexer deal. Yeah. Some company not too long ago. And um, yeah, just the idea of being able to go to one place and be able to search through you know, word keyword search or just being able to go through a fully organized list of all NFTs or, or all blockchain data um, really just seems like the, the base layer of, uh, I mean, the entire ecosystem of building. So, because uh, that's, that's what crypto really is. It's, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's data. So organizing it seems like a good first uh, first move. Yeah, the company you're mentioning, by the way, is Center. They did an $11 million seed round in July, and that was uh, Founders Fund and Thrive participated in that. So Teal's Fund, and I think Thrive is actually the Kushner's Fund, but I'd have to double check on that. In any event, uh, you have a deal here, a, a much larger deal. And ironically, I would view this as a much simpler understand deal. So what is... Uh, What's the squeeze part? There's some interesting takeaways here, yeah. There are, because it it involves a lot of moving parts, but basically we're talking about a merger uh, acquisition, really. But uh, basically, CleanSpark, they they, they do a lot of uh, Bitcoin mining operation stuff. They're going to purchase a competitor, Mawson Infrastructure Group's mining facility in Georgia. So this, uh, this facility they're acquiring is also coming along with about 6,500 of the latest generation mining rigs. This entire deal is going to be worth up to $42 million. So that's for the facility and all the rigs. This comes on the back of a kind of a buying spree for CleanSpark over the last uh, couple weeks, couple months. They just purchased 10,000 new Bitmain Miner Pro rigs for about 28 million. Uh, in August last month, they acquired another facility and a bunch of rigs in Georgia for another $25 million. Uh, so they're happy crypto winter. And it's, uh, I think one of the interesting angles, which we can get into is this is a moment where energy costs are rising and Bitcoin price is falling. So, I mean, mining, like you said, is pretty straightforward. You want to uh, increase your hash rate, your computing power as much as possible which is mostly dependent on how much your rigs cost and your electricity costs. 
And then you want to earn Bitcoin, which if Bitcoin is up, your reward is up. So the fact that the reward right now over the near term is down and electricity costs are up, uh, tough time to be a miner, but CleanSpark uh, views this as an opportunity to go on a buying spree. Uh, so just a quick, I'm going to wrap this up and I want to get your takes on this. Uh, this deal should add about 1.4 exahashes per second before year end. And that brings their total to about 5.2 exahashes per second. And they're slated to more than double that next year. Uh, so yeah, they're on a buying spree. They want to be a, a huge uh, hash provider for the Bitcoin network. So what do you think? Do you, do you, do you think now's a good time to buy or do you think, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yes. Yeah, so I applaud the move. I think they, I was reading that an article, they say they were getting a deal, a steep discount to what the Bitmain manufacturer's price is typically in, in ordering if you were to order it. So savvy. I, I think, I mean, I keep reading these articles of, of these, these groups that are making um, millions of dollars a day um, mining Bitcoin still. So this one, I don't know what their, I've not looked at their financials or the decks, so I don't know what their revenue is looking like or what um, th these hash rate quotes really equal. Um, I didn't, didn't, I don't know that, but what I do find notable about this is that they've left Georgia. So they cited the, well, it's the company that's selling the equipment, right? They're, they're leaving the state of Georgia because of electricity costs. So I looked at what, uh, as of 2020, the most of the electricity in Georgia is actually from nuclear energy, um, 52%. And then 35% is from wood and waste with another 12 from non-combustible renewables, which I don't, I don't know if that's gas or oil or something, but um, I was just trying to figure out like, why, why would one, why would one group be focused on entering a high electricity zone Versus another one leaving it. I mean, you think the discount, the discounted price of the equipment is just so great that it's going to offset the the near term electricity costs. Yeah, because this is the, it's a good point to raise because uh, Mawson, who's selling this Georgia facility, is not the only company leaving. There's another company, Compass Mining, that also recently exited Georgia. And I was trying to dig into it. It uh, you know it, it didn't seem like Georgia. Uh, like their average retail price for their energy was like noticeable. Uh, so pure speculation, it might be, this kind of reminds me of when China, before they banned mining, how miners would flock from the, uh, would flock to the hydro uh, power yeah. uh, regions when during the wet season. And then when uh, it was the dry season, they'd flock to the coal energy providing uh, provinces. And, so it was always an energy game. It was always trying to lower their marginal energy cost. And um, so one company views it as not being worth it. Another one views it as being worth it. Uh, I, I don't know because, again, they're, the Georgia's marginal, like uh, their average retail price, it's not really that noticeable. So perhaps it's diversification. Uh, you know, they have CleanSpark has operations in other areas as well. But um, I see. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a good point. Yeah, well, this compass, it's interesting you said that I, I forgot to read this, but the compass mining announcement said that they saw local energy costs go up by more than 50%. So I I would guess this is a bet on, they're betting on the discounted value of the equipment they're purchasing and perhaps 
just their sheer size is their scale is going to be able to offset the the electricity costs. I don't know. I, I would be I'd be surprised if they're making a bet on electricity costs, honestly, here. But it's just notable to me that, you know, this is I don't know this. I, I don't remember a lot of this like relocation shifting really happening in the U.S. before in terms of deals right. of the size. So I was impressed by just the, the sheer size of this overall agreement and mm-hmm. also the nature of the relocation I, th- I felt was new. So really interesting. Yeah, well, well, at least from CleanSpark's perspective, this is clearly a scale play. They're considering adding another a ton of exahashes next year. So um, again, just speculating, maybe they're saying like, hey, look, if uh, Mawson and Com- uh, Compass Mining are leaving Georgia, maybe maybe this is a risk management play on their on their side, we're just going for scale. And, you know, so you could have two companies, yeah, taking different different approaches to their risk. But um, well, it's interesting uh, as well. I mean, a bet on this, a, a proof of work bet of this size is a, I don't know, it could be, in hindsight, not a good idea. Well, I uh, think the there's an idea being kicked around right now, I think at the federal level about outlawing uh, proof of work mining. Yeah, because of the I, energy intensity. I saw the headlines on that. I didn't dig in. I feel like that's, I mean, unlikely. I don't know how. I don't, I would be surprised for for that yeah. to like succeed. Given like, look at this industry here. We just had a forty three million dollar Bitcoin acquisition mining deal. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of money that I think would fight that, but. Um, yeah, you get a lot of these laws that are kicked out there, pure speculation. I wouldn't count on it either. I think it just kind of underscores the inherent um, policy risks that yeah. are still so pervasive. But um, no, I, I wouldn't bet on it either, to your point. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching it. So super interesting stuff. I think we have another group coming on on Friday. I'm not sure who's who will be here, but... Pretty sure we're going to have another episode later this week. So thanks, Jake, for making time today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, see you, bud. See you.